So I think that the future of supply chain is sustainability, not just because it's the right thing to do for efficiencies of planning inventory or emissions in your transportation network, and not just because it makes employees and customers happy, but because it's the right thing for the planet. Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. My name's Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And I'm joined by my co-host, Nicole. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Smythe, and I'm a blogger, marketer, and of course, podcaster in the supply chain space here at SAP. So today we're joined by our guest, Lindsay Spurgeon, to discuss the recent research study from Oxford Economics. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today, and it's so great to have you on the series. If you could just take a moment to introduce yourself, give some insight into your past experiences and what you do in your role today. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Nicole. Richard, my name's Lindsay Spurgeon. I'm a Vice President of Global Marketing for the Supply Chain Business here at SAP. And so from a marketing perspective, we try and take people from unknown contacts, from search and lots of marketing channels to engage them with interesting and inspiring content and try and showcase our software solutions that could help to run their supply chains better. Great. So hopefully we're going to talk about some of that interesting content today. We're here to discuss a supply chain study that you and I, Lindsay, actually worked on with Oxford Economics. Can you describe the background to the study and why SAP thought it important to do this primary research? and maybe who should read it and why they should read it. Yeah, absolutely. So working with Oxford Economics, you know, we've been fascinated and watching all the disruption to the supply chain for a few years. So especially in the pandemic, SAP are looking to help customers to adapt and review their supply chain processes. But since we seem to have entered this perma crisis, and I know that's a favourite word of yours, Richard, that perma crisis, where we don't just have war and inflation pressures, but also shortages of worker disruptions with no real clear end in sight. So we launched this research with Oxford Economics in January and February, fielding a survey to a thousand supply chain executives across 10 countries and 15 industry sectors, both mid-market and large enterprise. And we really want to understand what's keeping these supply chain executives up at night. What do they see as their biggest risks? But what are they focusing on to build resiliency, to deliver for their customers, to work with their partners? And how does sustainability enter the mix? So I think for anybody that's interested in the supply chain, whether you work in the supply chain, contract manufacturers, logistics, any of that area, knowing that this is timely, this is this year's research, and we're really getting that understanding from the supply chain executives. Thinking about the people that were involved, not just this kind of industry sectors and countries, but we delved really into that audience. So R&D and engineering, planning, manufacturing people, logistics people, and asset and service management, because we really want to see all of those functions and their understanding of the pain and the risks that they're facing. Absolutely. Well, it seems like in today's world, supply chain leaders and executives have such a full plate of responsibilities, concerns, and strategies that they're just constantly sorting through to make their company better and more resilient. But as you said, this is a recent study. So all of the results are stemming from today's problems. So with that, what is top of mind for the 1,000 respondents of the study? 
Yeah, so the challenges, what's keeping them up at night? So the first thing that came out really strongly is that real-time responsiveness. So what are they facing in terms of speed to market? And it's quite closely followed by cost of materials and resources, a lack of connected technologies, and a lack of visibility. So the research focused on two key business risks that have emerged as threats to the supply chain. So firstly, meeting customer demands for speed of interactions, that ongoing customer demand, and then the lack of collaboration and visibility. So it's not just with vendors and suppliers further down the value chain, but also within the organization itself. So kind of those two top challenges came out really strongly. Let's talk about those two challenges a little bit. I reread through the executive summary before this discussion so that I could have the latest information. As you said, the need for speed, and I sound like a Top Gun advert, I feel the need, the need for speed, was the top challenge that was identified when meeting customer demands. So why is increased speed important to supply chain management executives? Yeah, Richard, you could definitely be Tom Cruise for Top Gun. <laughs> I'm his father. Well, Tom Cruise is older than me, so... <laughs> So that increased need for speed, we need to think of what as consumers we've come to expect. We order something, we expect it next day or even the same day delivery. When I go into the London office, there is a flurry of deliveries in the afternoon. And and what some of the people in the office are doing is they're through those fast fashion brands, you can go for instant delivery. And in central London, you could buy something that morning have it delivered that afternoon and wear it out that night. You know, that kind of that instant speed. I want a new top and I want to wear it out to that party. And that's what consumers are expecting now. So the businesses really need to find a way to keep up with these speed of interactions and those customer demands. So when the survey asked about the top barrier to supply chain success, it's not surprising. It's real-time responsiveness at 40%. And then meeting customer demands on time follows closely behind at 34%. This really highlights that conundrum for supply chain executives. So more than half feel customers want real-time updates and tracking of their products and services. You want to know when that delivery is coming. You get those text messages. It's coming. It's on your doorstep. It's right there. You know, that constant update and that kind of real-time tracking is at 54% from our survey, while expecting the quality of these products to stay the same. So they want it faster, but they want it better as well. And to increase this complexity, not only customers expect high quality, accurate and speedy transaction, but they also want it more sustainably as well. They want it cleaner. They want the emissions to be less when it's being delivered. It's like they want absolutely everything all together all their cake and eat it as well yeah that's an interesting challenge because as you say they want their sustainability cake and they want to be able to eat it now they want to buy something today get it today but not have any impact on the environment and we talk about risk resiliency and sustainability a lot and i know that the study covers that but to be able to be better prepared to identify and react to risks or to measure your sustainability impact you need improved collaboration and visibility and this was the second area of focus from the research so what are the findings from those thousand supply chain executives around improving collaboration and visibility 
Yeah, I've got to say that it wasn't a surprise that the supply chain execs are talking about visibility. You know, we've been talking about it from an SAP perspective for many years. And 52% of executives say that improving visibility in the supply chain would protect them from risk. This is really building their resilience. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just visibility in-house. So supply chain with R&D talking to manufacturing and the planning, collaborating with the logistics departments. Although I got to say, that's a really good place to start. But it's it's outside the organization. You know, only 55 percent have a good partnership with their tier one vendors. And it gets worse when we get to tier two. It's 32 percent. And at tier three, it's 25 percent. And all of these vendors and these partnerships are critical to the supply chain. You want to know where your suppliers are sourcing their materials. You want to have a really good partnership with them because all of this impacts your supply chain, your customer satisfaction, and ultimately your brand in the market. So these kind of tier three providers includes maintenance providers, which is critical to keeping all your equipment running and outsource manufacturing. So you know, all of these partnerships internally and externally need that collaboration, need that visibility. It's just critical to the supply chain delivering. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we talked about the risks such as meeting customer demands for speed of interactions. I, as a customer, am very guilty of that. There's times where I'm ordering from Amazon and I want it by my doorstep at the end of the day. You know, but I'm starting to realize as a consumer that sometimes that's not possible, especially now being so deep into the supply chain space. Another risk we talked about was the lack of collaboration and visibility, like you just said, not just with vendors and suppliers further down the value chain, but also within the organization itself. So what can we do to address those challenges, especially moving into the future? So this is the big question, right? And a survey shows that supply chain executives are taking steps to make their organizations more resilient. They absolutely have to. 43% of respondents expect geopolitical changes to have a negative impact on their ability to deliver high level customer experiences. And incorporating that macroeconomic perspective into the supply chain strategy is absolutely key. But there's more. Over half feel creating a more regional or local network of vendors and suppliers could address the issue. And we've seen a lot of this after the pandemic. So the nearshoring and the inshoring. And there's also this new term about kind of friendshoring, which is to do with working with partner countries and allies. And then two in five are saying that diversifying their sourcing strategies would have the same effect. So executives believe, and I've got some numbers here for you, efforts to onshore and nearshore different stages of their supply chain is at 50%. Changing the product or delivery process is 49%. And then adjusting how they forecast their supply and demand is 46%. But all of these things are pretty major changes to the supply chain, but they could have a huge positive effect on the ability to deliver for the customer experience. Mm -hmm. I just want to spend a moment talking about the intelligent technologies. So we really see that coordination between efficient supply chain processes and the technology that we're using. Half of the executive, 57%, have already deployed intelligent technologies in their supply chain. So here we're talking about AI, ML, predictive analytics, and artificial intelligence 
we're looking at 56% of the respondents are either well into their first efforts or have completed that initiative. Well, many others improve visibility into supplier and vendor activities or increase predictive analytics. I think all of this technology comes together to support those efficiencies and those process improvements. Mm-hmm. We had a really interesting podcast a few weeks ago with Dr. Mike Lewis from Bath University, and he was talking about leveraging these technologies. And we violently agreed with each other that <laughs> technologies for technology's sake is not the way to improve things. Mm-hmm. It's identifying the business problem, such as how do I improve visibility? How do I increase customer satisfaction? How do I see multiple tiers down the supply chain? How do I manage the labor shortages and automate processes? And then identifying the technologies that help address that business problem. Mm-hmm. And it looks like from the study that technology has a huge role to play in addressing the challenges that we've been talking about previously. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree. And I think the technology that we're speaking of, it does hold such an important factor in the supply chain. But I think one of the major ones that it can contribute to is sustainability. It's not a buzzword anymore. It's now so deeply embedded in companies' end-to-end supply chain. And you can see throughout the study that it's only increasing and it's becoming more vital. So with it being such a major factor of the survey and of the research, can you elaborate a little bit on this and what findings came from the survey? Yeah, I was delighted that sustainability was such a major focus of this program. And we had some really good responses to get a good understanding of whether supply chains are seeing this as a risk or an opportunity Mm -hmm. or how they build resilience with sustainability. So As part of the respondents, what we could kind of glean from the data is this group of what we've called a sustainability leaders. So it's a subset of these thousand respondents that are companies that have taken extraordinary steps to achieve sustainability excellence throughout their supply chain. And it's not for sustainability's sake alone. It's also to improve their supply chain, their efficiency. So to qualify as a sustainability leader, They must have visibility into both the organisation and their suppliers' sustainability practices because it's not just what you do within the company that makes a difference to your production, your emissions. It's also, you know, all of your partners. And they also have to have taken steps to establish those sustainability metrics, really track those KPIs in-house through their contracts, through their partners, their suppliers and their vendors. Mm -hmm and implement this sustainability performance tracking with those third parties as well. Well, I thought reading throughout the report and everything, I thought it was so interesting the saying where you can't measure what you don't know. If you don't have that data, especially from the scope one to three, you really have to have that visibility. But it does make such a big difference down the line, especially from a consumer perspective, because we like to know where it comes from. We actually prefer to know where it comes from. And it's so interesting to see the full end to end life cycle of these products. And I really do think it makes such a big difference. So and it's not just the consumer pressure that it's coming from. I mean, as an employee, I want to work for a sustainable company. As an investor, many people are now looking at company sustainability index before they invest in a company. Mm -hmm. And obviously the regulatory bodies and rules and regulations that are coming in across the globe. So there's pressure for companies in all areas to drive sustainability initiatives. But Mm -hmm. as you pointed out, Lindsay, it's not 
those pressures, it's also the right thing to do from a company's perspective. Mm -hmm. And the research is really interesting, talking about some of the benefits of being a sustainability leader. So maybe you can elaborate a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I just want to add another pressure group to the sustainability dynamic. It's not just customers and what generation you're in as well. My children are a major pressure for sustainability (laughs) practices as well. That's not very sustainable, mummy, is what I hear. (laughs) So I'm hoping I'm part of that sustainability leader group as well. Yes, for sure. No, we found other areas where supply chain outlooks varies from their peers. So this is this small group of sustainability leaders who are really kind of driving it forward through their supply chain. So these leaders are more likely to view their supply chain as a competitive differentiator, not just a cost center. And this is 60 percent versus 41 percent of the non-leader group. They're more likely than non-leaders to put supply chain executives in positions that influence overall company strategy at 72%. So it's a competitive differentiator. They're driving forward the company strategy with sustainability as part of their supply chain. And they're hyper aware that their customers are concerned about buying sustainably sourced products like you, Nicole, (laughs) and ethically designed products like you, Richard, as well. And they really expect personalized products or services. So it's not just the general bland brand product. You know, we need to build sustainability into the personalization of products as well. Mm -hmm. So they're taking action as well. They're taking action on these customer priorities. So over two thirds, 69%, say they base most of their product value chain decisions on what their customers need. So really putting the customer's demands at the heart of what they're building in their supply chain and they do this and this is the key by connecting operational data with business information to improve the decision making both upstream and downstream so they're really looking at sustainability in their supply chain holistically and putting practice and kpis in place to make sure that they're really making a difference and these companies are also more profitable and I can say happier as well because their customers are happier, their employees are happier, so they're profitable and everybody's happy into it. In another of the podcasts a few weeks ago, Mike Lackey was talking about smart manufacturing. He made the quote, sustainability equals profitability. And I think the results of the research is actually showing that, that sustainability is both good for business and good for the environment. So we've talked about the increased speed and improved customer satisfaction the need for visibility, the importance of sustainability. And I know that the actual executive overview was called five supply chain strategies to achieve resiliency and avoid risk. So I assume there are five key recommendations as a result of the research as well. So could you explain what the five recommendations are from the survey of the thousand supply chain executives? Yeah, absolutely. So there are five actions identified, as you point out, Richard. So number one, put supply chains at the heart of your business strategy. Number two, future proof against risk. Number three, unleash the power of collaboration across your network. Number four, leverage intelligent technologies to drive business and process innovation. And number five, and this is kind of really the icing on the cake, adopt a sustainability first mindset. So we know with this perma crisis that risks are never going to go away. 
that building a resilient and sustainable supply chain could really better position organisations to avoid that danger and mitigate those risks. So that's your five. So the only constant is change itself and be ready for change is the bottom line message there. Future proof against risk is key there for me. And I think that if companies didn't put supply chains at the heart of their business before, I think the pandemic has highlighted that that's exactly what they need to do moving forward because they have to have the strategies in place to adapt to change and it's usually in the supply chain that that change is occurring. Just the third one there as well, unleash the power of collaboration across your network. I mean, it's truer than ever these days that no company does it alone. They rely on the network of partners. They rely on suppliers. They rely on contract manufacturers. Some companies don't even manufacture any products. They focus on their core competencies of sales and marketing, and they outsource everything else. Mm -hmm. So having that visibility across that network becomes critical, and that's where technologies can help. And I couldn't agree more that sustainability first mindset is critical. It can't be an afterthought. You can't bolt on sustainability to your processes. They've got to be embedded in your processes. So I agree with the five action plans. Mike said actually in the podcast that a supply chain or supply systems, as he likes to say, is really the heartbeat of the global economy. It really is. So it's driving change, but it's driving everything in the world, I'd say. So (laughs) So that's one example of an answer of the last question that I ask everybody. So we talk about the future of supply chain in this podcast series, and we ask everyone, and I'll ask your opinion, Lindsay, what is the future of supply chain? So I think that the future of supply chain is sustainability, not just because it's the right thing to do for efficiencies of planning inventory or emissions in your transportation network, and not just because it makes employees and customers happy, but because it's the right thing for the planet. Thank you very much. Lindsay, thanks for a great conversation. My absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. We'll have you again, I'm sure. It's our pleasure. And it's also great that you introduced this research and we'll make sure to provide a link of the research in the show notes so that you can all read it in detail as well. Thanks everyone for listening. Please mark us as a favourite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time, from Lindsay, Nicole and I, thank you for discussing the future of supply chain.